Yo, 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 what's going on? Shot callers back in the building, baby. Here we are tonight just talking a little NBA hoops. We're going to talk about the buyouts. And we are going to talk about which ones moved the needle, which ones didn't. And talk about some other highlights and peak performers of this past couple weeks uh, that we've seen have been really balling. But first, I got to talk to my boy, my man, what's good, Timmy D? What's going on, buddy? How are you? Man, I'm amped, bro. I'm amped. I'm good. How are you? I'm good, man. I'm good. Uh, hopefully, we're getting back to normal here on the network pretty soon. Um, you know, rest up to my co-host, my guy, Sean Mackey. I know you're out there recovering, doing your thing. We can't wait to have you back, man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And my, my cohort, my number one, my ace buku, my brother, Joshua. Odellis, Pharrellis, Montellus, Overzealous, Hayes. What's good, my brother? Man, I'm, I'm, you know me, I'm good. I'm happy being here. I, I missed you guys um, when you guys did the trade episode, man. You guys slayed it. And I was, I told you, I sent a message. I was chopping at the bits. Like I was driving home from work, trying to hurry up. I was like, should I pop on while I'm in the car? And I was like, that don't sound safe. Um, He's like, Tim's talking bad about the Rondo trade. I got to get on there. <laughs> Somebody mentioned Brooklyn. I got to get up. <laughs> I got to defend Brooklyn. I got to defend Brooklyn. Bed-Stuy for but, life. Uh, right. <laughs> Bed-Stuy. I'm Bed-Stuy, son. <laughs> All right, I'm gentlemen. Here. I'm ready uh, to roll. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. <laughs> um, so, guys, we're going to talk buyouts, man. We're going to talk buyouts. Um, the Nets uh, had two major buyouts. Then the Lakers countered with another big buyout. Uh, I'm going to talk about when we get to it, which I think, and me and myself and Tim, and I think Josh, too, all talked about in our text about who we thought was the best buyout by the Spurs and Gorgie Jang, but first, let's talk Nets buyouts. Josh Hayes' Brooklyn Nets went out and got Blake Griffin, went out and got LaMarcus Aldridge. We're going to talk about Blake Griffin first. Now, Blake Griffin tonight was back to Blake Griffin form, five points, six rebounds, I think five assists, something like that. Uh, nothing really needle-moving, um, anything like that. But, guys, are we are we believing in these buyouts of these guys and these contracts? Are we believing that they're going to help the Nets? Are we believing that these teams are getting help when they buy these contracts out? Timmy D, I want to ask you first. What do you think about Blake Griffin and the Nets? Sure. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> Like, I, I don't, <laughs> there's no, like, everyone's, I, I keep reading all this stuff where people are like, it's so unfair that the Nets are stacking up this team. And it's like, first off, did you look at their depth? It sucks. They're terrible, mm-hmm. like, after the big three. And second, like, Blake Griffin's very much what you call washed. He's been mm-hmm. washed for about a year and a half now. Um, I know he had a really good game the other night against Detroit, um, but, you know, let's call it what it was. It was the Pistons. Um, he was fired and- up. Yeah, he was fired up. They're like, oh, man, did you see he caught that oop from Harden? That was a hell of a play by Harden. That wasn't a good play by Blake Griffin. Like, let's just call it what it is. Um, Put it in his lap. Yeah, exactly. Did what Harden does. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, it certainly helps him for the fact of getting deeper because, like, you know, 
they're looking at situations where they got to play Nick Claxton in big time minutes. And they're looking at situations where, you know, after Joe Harris, you're like, okay, where do we go from here? And that's really not very good. Um, Mm -hmm. So I don't know, man. Like, I don't really think it's a great move. I think I certainly appreciate that they have death, but when it comes to Blake Griffin, like, I don't know how they're going to play him in a playoff series. Like, how are they going to play him against Philadelphia? How are they going to play him against Milwaukee? I don't know. Like, I just don't feel like it's like a situation where you can throw him in those games and be like, you're going to feel comfortable with him on the floor. And then with LaMarcus Aldridge, that's another one people are like going crazy about. Like, oh man, they, you know, they got LaMarcus Aldridge. You know, the Heat wanted him really bad. And it's like, guys, like LaMarcus Aldridge couldn't play for the Spurs, who, mind you, are in the playoffs right now. Who, mind mm-hmm. you, are competing. Um, all young dudes, you know, DeRo- DeRozan's like the, the veteran leader on that team now. Um, mm-hmm. and again, is he better than what they had? Yes. Does that mean it's good? No. Like, I don't think these two nets moves are needle movers. I think it just gives them like guys that can give a breather. It gives DeAndre Jordan a chance to have a breather, but when they play like, you know, the three teams that you're like looking at, they're going to be facing Milwaukee, you know, let's look at all of them. Actually Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. I don't think they match up very well with them. The big guys, they obviously have Durant, Giannis will guard him. Drew Holiday will match up against James Harden. Sure. Um, Philly, you know, like, I don't love how those guys match up against MB, but that also could be a situation where they just let MB score 25 and let the rest of the series go their way. Yeah. And, and on the other side, like, if, you know, obviously the biggest, if, if LeBron and AD come back and they're healthy and Andre Drummond's with them, that's a tough matchup for them as well. I understand mm-hmm. KCP and uh, Schroeder will have a really tough time with Harden and Kyrie. Everyone does on a nightly basis. Um, but like teams like Denver who are really deep teams, like who you guys have heard me be pretty honest, my feelings about the Denver nuggets for a few years now, um, Mm -hmm. teams like the Clippers with those two guys, like how much are, how much better would they be? Actually, I think I'll take the nuts over the Clippers. I just think they're too weird, but yeah, I just don't, I feel like it's good for the regular season. Um, it'll give those guys a chance to kind of give those, give those big time players more playoff rest. But I don't feel like I can go into the playoffs knowing I'm going to have to face Joel Embiid and Giannis Antetokounmpo, feeling comfortable with my big man being Jeff Green, DeAndre Jordan, LaMarcus Aldridge, and Blake Griffin. I, I would I would tend to agree with that. Odellis Ferrellis, these are your Brooklyn Nets. You know what I mean? You got them. You got to call them and you claim them. You know what I mean? You put them in your back pocket. You're from, you got that bed style look. You tell me. You sent us text daily Griffin, about them. Yeah. You tell me how Blake Griffin, Blake Griffin and LaMarcus Aldridge uh, will either have a positive or negative impact on your Brooklyn Nets. First off, what in the world was Brooklyn thinking? I, I said they had one job, and, you know, they, they uh, obviously didn't listen to me. A month ago, what did I tell you guys? Go after Drummond. That's mm-hmm. all you need. Go after Drummond. That's all you need. In the meantime, they were like, oh, you know, we'll try to get Drummond, but these other guys came available. So let's go ahead and sign them first and fill some roster spots to the point where I think Drummond was like, well, if they're signing all these guys, like I'm going to head out west. And I really, truly thought that the Nets were the front runners to get Drummond until when they made the LaMarcus Aldridge signing, I was like, yeah, that's a wrap. He ain't going there. I still thought they had a chance to get him with Blake, but when they signed Aldridge, I was like, that's a wrap. Like I, I'm with Tim, like unless, in, unless 
he does a um a James Harden on us like Blake Griffin was was a horrible signing like he he wasn't doing anything in Detroit so much that they had to sit him down and figure out what they were going to do with him to try to get him back to <laughs> his, his old form you know at 32 years old like what he used to do in the NBA like he can't do that anymore and LaMarcus Aldridge like you said like there was a time where he was a formidable all-star and he's what 35 36 like 35 his, he's he's a done deal he's a done deal so I think the Nets need to figure something out they got one roster spot left to fill. they they still didn't get him a rim protector they still didn't get him an interior defender um the other guy I thought they really should have went after was JaVale McGee I know a lot of people I thought make, for sure they were getting him I, I thought they were getting JaVale for sure you know, I know Shaq likes to make fun of JaVale McGee. He's like number one on his Shaq in the full list uh, all time. Um, but we've uh, all not seen. Talk, we're not going to talk Shaq basketball takes anymore. After <laughs> Candace Parker's been, Parker been putting him in his place hey, for the last few just... months. Hey, no, been, more, been... no more Shaq. She's been putting him to bed all last two months. She's been Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> um, I don't think people realize, like, if you look at McGee's production and the minutes that he plays, like, he is a producing fool. Like, if you ever look at his, like, per 36, <laughs> I yeah. mean, he's lightweight and all-star. Yeah. He's a hell of a rim protector. He's a good oop. He catches oops. I actually think he's a decent basketball player. No, like, he is, yeah. Oh, absolutely he is. You get him in small doses. I like I said, he comes in, man. He's like instant energy. So um, I think that that helps Denver. I, I just don't know what Brooklyn's front office was thinking. I'm, I'm, I'm here gassing them up the whole time. Like, yeah, Drummond's coming. Brooklyn, what, son? You know, I'm thinking they might try to get, you know, they're going to have Biggie's song as an anthem and they're about to run through the NBA. And no. Um, so – I, I really think it banks on now, like, do you get a healthy KD back for the rest of the season? And when you do, you got to get those three to be able to play. And um, I'm going to have to start counting on my boy Claxton to start, you know, coming through. And, uh... <laughs> Claxton. <laughs> Claxton's going to have to. I pulled Claxton's his rookie card. Some numbers. I pulled his rookie card in a pack a couple weeks ago. I put it aside in a top loader for you for the next time I see you. There you go. <laughs> nice. but, I'm right there with Tim, man. Like I, 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 I was kind of baffled about the whole buyout deal with the Nets, man. Like they, they let me down big time. Well, yeah. you mentioned that additional roster spot, and um, I've read a couple of places. Apparently, they have interest. There's mutual interest between them and Boogie. But again, this goes with our point that we've been making so far this whole episode. It's like cool. Like you're getting DeMarcus Cousins skeleton. Like what is that doing for you in this circumstance? I know somebody was like, man, the Nets over here building this super team. I was like, yeah, if you're talking about like 2000 2013. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yeah. If you're talking 2013, they got a squad. You got, you got an absolute squad. People are like uh, they're building like the mixture between like, okay, three and lob city. I'm like, what, what, what lob city? Like, are they going yeah. to the YMCA throwing lobs? Like, All what right. are we doing here? Okay, city, baby. <laughs> so we brought up the other guy that was in a, another part of the big buyout market here uh, within the last day or so, and that was Andre Drummond. Uh, Drummond uh, getting out of Cleveland, getting bought out, and then for pennies on the dollar, signing with the Lakers. Um, 
me personally, I like this move. I, I think the Drummond um, is, is a wild card because out of the two other guys that we discussed, Drummond's 27, um, 27 or 28, young guy. Um, he's led the re- league in rebounding the last six years. Uh, he's able to score. He's a walking 20 and 15 uh, when, when he's able to play. Um, I think this, to me, is what the buyout should look like. I think that he's going to help the Lakers. He gives them depth. He gives them rebounding. He gives them a rim protector. Uh, and it gives him that extra guy that when AD comes back, he doesn't have to do so many things um, when he returns. So I have questions. Yes, sir. I have questions. Okay. So um, this is funny that that this is up because so JR, my son, and I were, were having a conversation today, and I, I try to get him to understand the logistics of analytical basketball. And one of the things that I was talking to him about was how guys like LeBron, um, Westbrook, Harden, like their rebounds per game are higher than most guys at their position. And I was telling him that my theory behind it was, is that those guys are allowed to get rebounds. So like their team actually lets them get rebounds so they can push the ball up the floor. Right. So you're, you're pacing the game a lot faster. So their stats Mm -hmm. are, I don't, I don't want to say padded, but I mean, it kind of is what it is. Like some of their stats are padded a little bit when it comes to some of those triple doubles and things like that. So Drummond, who I don't know if you guys know this. Um, I looked this up today. He is eighth all time in rebounds per game uh, in NBA history. Wow. Uh, I can see that. Yeah. He, he, he actually averages more rebounds per game than Dennis Rodman did. Um, wow. So how, how is that going to affect the way the Lakers play basketball? Like, is he, is he going to, you know, his, his, his nature of his game is to box out and grab all the rebounds. Like, is he going to, is he going to um, subside to LeBron grabbing rebounds and pushing the ball up the floor? Or is he going to grab those rebounds and push it out to LeBron to push it up the floor? And then on the offensive side, because his game is in the paint and that's really it. Like, is he going to clog the paint up for LeBron and AD and those guys to get into the lane? So I'm trying to figure out like how they're going to intertwine him in the offense for this all to work. So we obviously know what he brings to the table. And I'm sure LeBron's smart enough to figure it out. But those are just some questions that I have about Andre Drummond going to the Lakers himself. Like his style, what he does, how he fits what the Lakers do now. I think those are great questions because I think, and again, you know, you mentioned I'm going to bring up some analytical basketball too. You know, in our text group, we've gotten really into advanced statistics, which I'm so proud of you guys for adapting to. Um, (laughs) it 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 makes me feel so good. (laughs) Um, and I wonder like with him being Andre Drummond, you know, like, and this could potentially just be because it's Cleveland, because if you look at the 30 games he played at the Cavs, he was a, he was a, he was a minus on offense. Like he was literally, um, is the eight games before the season shut down in 20, he was minus 0.9 offensive box plus box plus minus. And this year he was minus 0.5 off uh, box plus minus. Now again, you know, he played with two guards who hold the ball way too long and are like at four seconds to go in the shot clock, find a pass. Um, if he got shots, most of the time it was because it was coming off the rack board and he was picking it up, putting it in. So that very well could play a part in this. Um, but I, to kind of echo what Josh says, like if 
LeBron James and Anthony Davis come back, I think this will be a really good move for the Lakers. And it seems like by all accounts, that's what's going to happen. This isn't me being like, I hate the Nets. I love the Lakers. And I know what my shirt says right now. Um, but <laughs> Touché. I, you know, I do <laughs> kind of have concerns about the case of, um, you know, is this a trend? Like, is this consistent? Because we know how bad of a free throw shooter he is. We know you can't like, if they, if they could play hack a Drummond and chances are, it's going to go in your favor, but also Josh Green's this point, like, you use him as far as like top of the key, run a pick, roll the rim. LeBron cuts, gets the ball to him, dunk. Um, you know, if someone tries to get in front of Andre Drummond, they very well could be losing an eye. Um, elbows of fury in the, in the paint. So, um, yeah, I think the offensive side, I do definitely have those questions. You know, I don't, you know, I mean, Ben, you know more than Josh and I would. Like, it's, do you see a situation where Frank Govogel uses him the way he used Roy Hibbert when Roy Hibbert was really good at basketball? Um, yeah, I, I kind of see him using him that way. Um, uh, you know, I think that I think that he has – Vogel has a, a way of using big man to where it doesn't kind of clog up the lane, where he kind of spreads him out a little bit. Because um, I, I think a big thing that's a misconception is that people don't think that you need paint touches anymore. But I think paint touches are vital to an offense. See Giannis, Andre Kumpo. Right, see on Yeah, absolutely. But I think Andre Drummond can be that guy. And I think that offensively, um, I, I think that he gives you the opportunity to be, I guess, a little bit more freer with your offense because he has the ability to get you second-chance shots. So you're able to do these things and be able to move the ball. Uh, you'll see um, – AD stretch out a little bit more. Like, I mean, he's, his game is ridiculous anyway, but he's able to, they're able to flow and do more things because Drummond's able to get them second chance shots. So, um, yeah, I, I could definitely see them using him the same type of way uh, in that type of offense. Um, but I, I, you know, I, who knows? I, I do like the point that, you know, uh, LeBron is a offensive savant um, and he's going to get it figured out. Uh, a way to use Drummond uh, to where it'll be effective in in all aspects of their game. So, the reason the reason I bring that up, um, I was I was watching a video one day of uh, when LeBron played for Miami, and you guys remember that first year that they when they lost to um, the year they Dallas. lost to Dallas, right? And mm-hmm. um, they talked about uh Miami's offense and the ball movement at that year and they were like bottom they were like in the bottom five percent of the NBA with their ball movement and um it it had a lot to do with the fact that I I know they were still trying to learn how to play together but um you had three alphas on a team and nobody really knew their role well they they lose and then the next year they come back right and then they are like I think fifth or sixth in the league in ball movement and they win a championship. And that just goes to tell you like when the ball is not moving, like it is hard in the NBA to win. Um, especially when you play teams that move the ball well, i.e. that, you know, everybody wants to go back and look at that Dallas Mavericks team, but like they moved the ball extremely well and they had guys that fit pieces that helped them win that game. So I'm just wondering with the Lakers, like, 
do you get to a point is drumming out there and he causes the ball not to be able to move as much because now you have an actual guy that's in the paint who can't step out, who can't stretch the floor, who can't do any of that stuff, which is somebody LeBron really hasn't played with in a long time. Um, I mean, other, the only person I can truly think of is Tristan Thompson. <laughs> yeah. I say, if you look uh, at LeBron's I, center history, it's not, yeah, not the most yeah, attractive. It's not great. Um, what I do think will happen, though, uh, I think that with Drummond, he'll be more the pick guy and the and getting to the basket guy and being able to. I think a lot of Drummond Drummond's buckets come from stick back, second chance points, things like that. So I don't know. I, I mean, that's a good point. I don't know if that's going to affect their offense completely uh, with him being in the lane, or do they become a more pick and roll team, or do they become a. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I'm not sure how that how that. No, I know that, one thing. It's going it's going to be rough if the Lakers are missing shots and you got AD and Drummond cleaning up the offensive boards, man. <laughs> Golly. Right. Well, that's like right. I told Ben before we got on air. I was like, this almost feels like it's because like I almost feel like they got him. Obviously, they knew it helped the team, but it also almost feels like this was like we feel like we're going to be matched up against Nikola Jokic in the playoffs, and we're going to need to put a mm-hmm. body there where Anthony Davis doesn't have to exhaust himself so much. Yep. Heard that. Yeah, absolutely. I think, yeah, I think those are all excellent points for sure. Um, the next uh, buyout was Gorgie. I, I can't say his name right. Gorgie Jang. Mm-hmm. Gorgie. Okay. Gorgie Jang. Uh, going to the Spurs. Um, Tim, you sent out a, a text to us earlier when this happened. Um, you felt like this was the best buyout signing of this whole term yeah uh please expand on why you thought that well first i think this is like of all these guys that we're talking about i feel like this is the one that's most likely that next year he'll be on the team he got bought out by um i think that plays a huge 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 difference so i know a lot of people kind of look at his memphis run and they're like huh but like it wasn't his fault that jonas valanciunas went crazy again and like just got really good to where like they just didn't Mm -hmm. have a spot for him um you look at a situation where you know josh can tell you as well as anyone like when georgie was at louisville like there was times when they ran they ran the ball through him like they they ran their offense through him he is really what popovich likes to have in a center um and not just because he's from another country and we know pops loves those foreign big men um but really like as far as like your pick and roll game he fits that really well for what they want to do um he's not going to get in the way he's not going to slow your offense down and he's really got a good basketball IQ. Um, playing in Minnesota, I know, is really tough for him. You know, playing it with Cat, um, who we're going to talk about later in the show. But also, the dude's durability is pretty awesome. Um, so his last two years in Minnesota, he played all 82 games. I'm sorry, here. So this is 2000, 2016 season, he plays 82. 2017, he plays 82. 2018, he plays 79. 2019, he plays 76. 2020, he plays 63 before the shutdown. This year, he played 22 with Memphis. He did get injured this year. But, like, we've just talked about all these dudes. And all these dudes, we've been like, well, you know, their injury history has really cost them a lot of their career. He's the one that we haven't really had to worry about that too much. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he fits really well with what Greg Popovich wants from his big man. I think that he's going to give them a lot. Um, and really in the playoffs, like a big body to where, you know, right now they're playing DeMar DeRozan's their four. So a big body, <laughs> you know, and like Kelton Johnson's right. been really good. And like, 
you can play him. You can start him and you can play him off your bench. He's comfortable either way. So, like, I just feel like he can potentially be a jack of all trades for what the Spurs want. Yeah. And, you know, um, of course, I'm going to hype him up a little bit because he's a Louisville guy. Yeah. Right. But, um, he, he's had some flashes where, you know, he had to either start or you put him in with some big minutes. And, you know, his per 36, he's a 15 and 10 guy. It's not mm-hmm. like, it's not like he's just this this slug that's on the floor. Like he's a very active. He's he's very good around the rim defensively. Um, you know, getting a couple blocks a game. And um, I've always there, there's sometimes there's guys where I just I don't understand why they don't get more minutes. And like you said, Jonas is playing out of his mind. So like that, we're really the minutes for you to put him on the floor in Memphis. Um, you know, again, I had to talk with my son today. He was telling me how great Bowl Bowl was, and he doesn't understand why he doesn't play more in Denver. I'm like, dude, have you not seen Denver's roster? Like, they're they're ten deep with guys that could all average 25 minutes a game. I was like, so there's not really minutes for him to be on the floor right now. But um, I I think that Gorgie Jang will, will help. Uh, I think he'll help the Spurs the rest of the I season. Um, and I really think he'll be a contributor for them, you know, making that playoff push. I, yeah, I agree with that for sure. I think that uh, – I think, Tim, you hit the nail on the head. I think he fits exactly what Popovich wants out of his big men. Um, he's a guy that's he's, – he's durable. Uh, he's going to be able to go in and give you quality minutes, great rebounding, great hustle, great effort. Um, and, and I think you make a, a valid point that he's probably the best uh, buyout signing uh, of this of this uh, past buyout time. So, um, yeah, I feel like you know, the Nets would really like to have him. I think the Nets would love to have him. Well, yeah, that's what, that's what we, that's what we isn't that what we talked about what they needed. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> you know what I mean. Hey. Just just a side note here with the Nets. You know they got that one roster spot left. Um, you know, I was thinking there's two guys out there with the same name that they could look at. They could look at signing potentially. And that's uh, the first one is uh, I don't know if you guys know about my boy Scott McKnight. Um, long story short, aka Common, he played in a movie with Queen Latifah called <laughs> Just Right. <laughs> Came back from a knee injury. You know what I'm saying? Got the Nets to the finals. Um, and then you got Scotty Howard out there, whole AKA Teen Wolf out this mug, just <laughs> <laughs> waiting to be signed up. <laughs> well, I really think Orlando's going to buy out Otto Porter. Ooh. So okay. I think, you know, the Lakers also have an open roster spot too. So I think there could potentially be a bidding war to get a score off the bench because both teams definitely need that. Ooh. Oh, man. People. I'm telling you, Otto Porter would be a big get. I know we talked about him some uh, last week, but he's a guy that he can he's he can score off the bench. He defends well. Um, he's super athletic. I, I think I think whoever grabs him could definitely be um, would be definitely up in their bench and 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 expanding their roster there a little bit because I think that. He's got the ability to do some some pretty special things. He's he's had some big games and times where you're like, man, out of Porter, like he's he's legit. So I, I think he's a guy. If if you're able to buy him out or get him bought out and, and be able to put him on your roster, I think he's tough. Plus, he's Tim, a Hoya. Remember remember the trade. Remember the trade that you said you did not like the most. Besides Rondo. Yeah. 
So I'm going to read this. I'm going to read these, this stat line to you right now. 33 minutes, zero points, 0 of 10 from the field, 0 of 5, three-point range. Most scoreless minutes by a player with 10-plus attempts since the three-point error, which is 1980. And that player is? Is this the one I crapped on? He plays for a team that wears green and white. (laughs) P.J. Washington. No. Was it Evan Evan Fournier? Evan Fournier. Evan Fournier. Oh, gosh, that's brutal. He fits right the, in with the Celtics this year. That's the trade that Tim said he he hated, like he he despised the most. He said it made no sense whatsoever. Remember, we were talking about the wing guy going Heck to yeah. the wings. <laughs> yeah, with all them wings. <laughs> <laughs> oh my lord! Buffalo Wild Wings, aka the Boston, the Boston Celtics. Celtics. <laughs> <laughs> he was just out there. He was just out there running. Man, I like got so I got like. I was just like, I, I did like crime scene investigation Danny Ainge, I feel like, because I just went down this rabbit hole looking at the moves he's made the past couple of years. And one that really jumped out to me was they had the 30th pick in this year's draft and they didn't want to take it. And they traded it to Memphis for two second rounders. And Memphis got Desmond Bain. And um, Desmond Bain's an NBA shooter, my kids. He's, he, yeah. he, he's, he's a bucket getter. So you know what the you know what the Celtics really need right now? Bucket getters, guys that can Man, score consistently. Guys that can score. They drafted cow. Aaron Naismith, and they like don't even play him. They're like, um, I mean, this guy, I don't know if he's playable. Um, you know, Peyton Pritchard's been fine, but like, what's his ceiling? Right, he's at a, he. Peyton Pritchard is at his absolute max. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, let, let's be honest. I mean, he's at his absolute max. Uh, I think we're all he, questioning the Celtics right now. You hate to see it, guys. It's such a shame. I think I could be a better GM <laughs> with the Celtics on 2K right now than what they're actually doing right now with Danny Ainge. Well, the thing is, like, he keeps, like, pitching, like, you know, we were so close to this guy. We were so close to this guy. And it was like, they made it pretty well known they wanted Aaron Gordon. Um, mm-hmm. I think the Isaiah Thomas thing is paying a lot more effects than the people thought it was. Like, How so? Explain, explain the Isaiah Thomas thing to the listeners. Explain that. Well, one, they ruined his career. And right, I know, okay. I know he chose to play, so I'm not going to 100% put that on Danny Ainge in the front office. But like, you know, you see, like a lot of NBA players really want like franchise to have their back. And I know that there is a lot of movement in the NBA. Like, there's a lot of trades, buyouts, free agency, etc. Um, but like the fact that like Isaiah Thomas like literally cost the Celtics for, for the Celtics cost himself three years of his career. Like, mm-hmm. you know. His sister passed away. He still comes and plays in the playoffs and like comes back from being down 2 0 against the Bulls. Um, mm-hmm. He like literally at one point like breaks his tooth on the floor diving for a ball because he like wants to keep the Celtics, like he wants to keep the Celtics' chances alive. Um, the Celtics sell him as their poster boy. They sell him as their franchise player. They send him to do all these things. The Nike announcement comes out. He like, keeps taking pictures of Gordon Hayward. Like, I can't wait for us to be the duo in Boston. Gets traded for Kyrie. And if you remember when Anthony Davis put his trade request out and, you know, everyone kept talking like, well, the Celtics have the best thing that they can offer the Pelicans for him. Um, he made it well known. He's like, if you guys trade for me, I'm not signing. And also his dad goes on TV and he's like, did you see what they did to Isaiah Thomas? They're not doing that to my kid. Yeah. Yeah. Man, business, man. I, I, I feel like, um, 
there's got to be some type of loyalty at some point when a guy gives you that much that you just owe it to him no matter what. Like, hey, we'll see you through this injury. We'll make sure that you're good to go before we put you back out there. We'll see you through this hard time. I mean, that's tough, man. Because yeah. he did. He gave Boston He gave Boston his heart. Like, legit I mean, gave him his heart. And we can remember that. Like, we remember that, too. We remember how hard he played and his sister dying and his bad hip, his busted tooth. Like, like we remember that stuff. And, and to watch them just sell him down the river like that was was – it was – it was pretty offensive. I mean, it was pretty offensive. There's a, I'm not gonna lie. There's a there's a very similar situation going on right now in the NFL. And I'm sorry to sidetrack, and I really hope that I'm I'm right about this. But um, you guys know that Juju Smith Schuster, and I'm a Steelers fan, came back and signed for Pittsburgh with less money mm-hmm. for one yeah. year. I would like to think that the Steelers, as much as I know about their organization, is going to honor him with a long term contract after this year. And if they don't, if they don't, based off of everything that that, that young man's d- done for the city of Pittsburgh, and he even came back on a discounted rate to say, I love this city, and they don't sign him, I see like a very similar type atmosphere going on between him and what happened with Isaiah Thomas in Boston. I know that, yeah. that he's a, he'll be a free agent where he, I mean, he won't be under contract, but still the same thing. Like sometimes these guys just, like they're so loyal to a point where like you would just think that the organization would be loyal back. And it's just the business side of it, man, is it's cutthroat. Yeah. And I'm not saying that like, I don't have, no one's going to have an issue with the fact that you're for Kyrie Irving. And I understand it didn't work out, but the way they did it is what people are going to be like, you know, like it's, it's very cutthroat. It's the NBA. It's a business. Danny Ainge is well enough for being cutthroat and not giving a shit about anybody. He -hmm. just wants to put banners up. Um, he also like how many people, hey, how, how many how many banners did he put up by the way? Okay, I was just checking. Yeah, he put up that. Uh, <laughs> okay, and that brings up another point when people are like, "Well, you know, LeBron started the whole big three thing when he went to Miami," and I'm like, "You guys realize that Kevin Garnett and Rayon had no trade clauses, right? They had to waive those right. to make that happen in Boston." Exactly. I'm just saying. I told somebody that the big three happened way before that, man. When Pippen and Barkley went to Houston, so dude, yeah. like. That Lakers team with Kareem when he goes there, yeah. like, <laughs> yeah, that, that's been going on for years. People just don't. I mean, they don't want Boston. Don't had wanna... the, Boston had the Big Six back in the set in the sixties, <laughs> right? Everybody gets eight other teams. Right. <laughs> like everybody on the roster had, was a Hall of Famer. You had, you, I was gonna say, you had seven of the eight best players in the world, and the other one you met in the finals was Will Chamberlain at the Lakers. Like I was saying, you're like, yeah, we got them all. You're like great this is awesome <laughs> there, were, first. there were 10 best players they had seven of them and the lakers had the other three with will west and elgin, and, uh, elgin. that was it I, like that was it like seven we got ver- 10 best players playing each other seven versus three man Oof. right leaving like in so the it's 80s good. it's like kevin McHale was so dope <laughs> oh yeah i mean it's like I mean, you take Mikhail Bird, Paris, Dennis Johnson. I'm like, what the, what the heck? As soon as you guys said that, I, all I could think of is Chris Broussard. Like, you kids just don't know how good, how good Kevin McHale is. <laughs> so my point with but, I mean, think about it. I mean, think about that, though, man. Like, like if you told uh, you told us today, like, all right, I'm going to give you a team. All right, it's going to start with Magic Johnson. The probably greatest point guard of all time. You know what? 
you're going to team up with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Okay. I like that. And then we're going to give you Michael Johnson. And we're going to give you Michael Cooper. And we're going to give you A.C. Green. And James Worthy. And James Worthy. I'm like, are you kidding me? Byron Scott. Let me just keep giving it to him. I'm like, okay. Have you guys seen the casting for this uh, Showtime show? It's going to be on HBO about the Showtime Lakers. Uh-uh. I, I, uh, I saw a little bit about who they cast as Larry Dude, Bird. That was the only thing I saw. The casting is incredible for this. I'm surprised I didn't pick Cuz to play Magic Johnson. Not sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> so, so to get kind of get back on track here, boys. <laughs> um, let, let's talk some uh, some recent dominant performances that we've seen. Um, tonight we saw, which I was kind of sad about, of course, it was against my Pacers. Uh, Russell Westbrook put up a 35 point, 21 assists. And how many rebounds? I forgot. 15? Uh, 15 rebounds against my Pacers tonight. Um, and that's after Sabonis went for 35 and 11. Uh, but the, the big one I wanted to bring up and we've got three, we wanted to mention the one was Westbrook. The second one was Carl. Anthony Towns, ladies and gentlemen. Carl Anthony Towns has found his rhythm. He's found his groove. Um, and he – and I'll say this. He's not doing these for wins because in the last six games, he's one in five. But he's had the – let me see. He's got 24 and nine, 33 and 10, 22 and five, 29 and 16, 27 and 15, and 31 and 12. Oh, and by the way, on 318 versus Suns and a win, he went 41 and 10. Carl Anthony Towns is playing his absolute tail off to no avail. I mean, because we know that Minnesota team is just not very good. Tim, I know Cat is one of your all-time favorites. Uh, what have you seen the difference in his game from the beginning of the season? Of course, he had COVID, he had the issues with his family. And now where he is now, where he's trying to kind of find his groove there. So first off, I wouldn't say all time favorites. I would say one of my favorite current players. Um, I feel like he's very much like lost in the conversation around, around Jokic and Embiid. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as like this resurgence of big men, we talk about those dudes and Carl and Anthony Davis. And so like, but Carl Anthony Towns never mentioned and, you know, he plays in Minnesota. So like, why would he be mentioned with those guys? You know, they're on the playoffs oh, yeah. consistently. He has one playoff experience. He didn't play very well. Um, but mm-hmm. I think, you know, just putting a lot of that stuff behind him, obviously, you know, they've leaned on him a lot more. They got a new coach with Chris Finch, who is like, oh, I have this really talented guy. I'm going to give him the ball. Um, I would take Cat as a pick and pop center over anyone else in the NBA. I just feel like the way he just, his fluidity with like, with how he runs like at the top of the key and how good of he is as a shooter. Like he's probably the best shooting center in the NBA. Um mm-hmm. You know, he's, he's got, like, a, such a nice touch with the shot. And he always gets hell for, like, his defense. And, like, I get – I'm not going to go on here and act like he's, like, you know, going to shut you down like he's Dikembe Mutombo. But he's gotten so much better. <laughs> he's gotten so much better as a defender. And, like, if he gets shit on it for a long time, and it's like, you guys obviously don't watch Minnesota games, which I'm not going to act like I watch every one of them either. But I'm going to say, like, anything you watch, you're seeing he's improving. Um. You know, I really think that, like, if he was in this right situation, like, he could really be the best part of the championship team. I think he's the one guy in these markets that are really struggling right now. 
um, that he would be, if he went somewhere and he had like really good teammates around him, he would be just unbelievably special. Let me, let me tell you how much of the disrespect the cat gets. Um, I saw a Instagram post of um, like the, like a all Duke team versus the all UK team. And it was like of recent, so basically since 2010, so to speak. And uh, they didn't even have cat in the top five of the UK players. That's stupid. Wow. <laughs> Wow. Now they instead of Cat, they had Julius Randall. Not not that that's a knock on on Randall, but I'm saying like mm. I'm taking Cat over Randall. Yeah. All day, every day. Yeah. yeah. I'm I, I'm happy that Randall's playing well with the Knicks, but yeah, I, I'm with you. So uh, hypotheticals. Um, do we see Cat? Which Cat to me reminds me of one of those guys like an Isaiah Thomas, just loyal. Um. Do we you see a situation where he gets out of Minnesota and gets to a contender? Yeah. Okay. I think it goes back I, to if you listen I, to if you listen to the pod I did with Dane Moore and we talked about the Timberwolves. Mm-hmm. The point he made was like guys in small markets don't sign the fourth contract. Yeah. Good point. But I I I hope that's the one thing that I hope out out of that. I hope that Carlton Towns gets a chance while he's healthy while he is one of the best players in the NBA to be able to get to somewhere where he's got a chance to compete for a, for a championship, because I think that he is one of those players that absolutely is needs to be seen on the highest level to be appreciated because he is that good. Completely agree. Uh, Speaking of guys that are that good, another one, and we were talking about this before the pod, uh, Zion Williamson. Now, you guys are going to say, oh, yeah, you guys, we always talk about Zion, 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 Zion. When was the last time anybody's had a true conversation about what Zion Williamson is doing uh, in the last month of the season? Hey, Ben, I'm going to let you talk. Look what I just sent you so that you can use that. Okay. You know, when you see what I sent you, literally was on cue. I was like, oh. (laughs) (laughs) High field goal percentage on 25 points per game in NBA history. Zion, 62.8. Kevin McHale, 60.4. Most points per game on 60% shooting. Zion, 26.3. That's wild. That's crazy. That is wild. Look at the other guys in the picture with him. I know. Yeah. All time. All times. All timers. No doubt about that. Um, And we'll post that on the the Instagram page with the graphic that we're talking about. We'll post on Twitter page as well. Um, but Zion Williamson, Zion Williamson, and this past month has been unstoppable, these past 15 days. And I'm just going to go through uh, his last stats. Um, 27 and 2, 28 and 5, 26 and 10, 30 and 6, 27 and 9. 39 and 10, 38 and 5, and 28 8. Zion Williamson has been on an absolute tear. The Pelicans have won four of their last five games, and Zion, of course, has, has, has been that dude. Um, let me see. He's shooting 50%, he shot 50% of the field uh, tonight, but he, before that, the game before with Dallas, he shot 65%. 
You said 84%? Oh, yeah. Yeah, (laughs) versus Denver, he shot 84% from the field. Uh, Two weeks ago against the Clippers, he shot 81% from the field. Like, the the guy, I mean, he gets to – it's crazy because he gets to where he wants to get on on the floor, and he's able to make shots. Um, Zion has been absolutely phenomenal. And I know, like I said, people are going to say, oh, well – Everybody talks about Zion. Everybody, I'm like, when was the last honest conversation we had about Zion and his and the his ability to be able to score the basketball and that leads to wins? Um, he's he's been absolutely phenomenal. He's been absolutely phenomenal. Well, you twenty six point um... three points and seven rebounds a game. Twenty nine point three. He's twenty nine point three points. Per 36 minutes, which is crazy. I think we I think we touched on this um last year because we all had Ja Morant winning rookie of the year. And I think it was by technicality, and we said that had Zion qualified by playing enough games, it easily, easily he would have won rookie of the year last year. Yeah. Had he played it, had he played enough games. Um, I think he only played what 25, 24 games last year. Um, out of the 66 or whatever they played. So, like, he only played a third of the season. But um, if he plays 50 games, like, that's guaranteed rookie of the year. That's crazy. Producer Tim, your thoughts on Zion's tear that he is on recently? It's special, man. I think it's, like, you know, it's it's really special that you see a talent like this. And, I mean, he's the closest we've seen in hype to LeBron James coming out of high school. Mm-hmm you know, his year at Duke um, to the point where like when he blew out the shoe at Duke, people were like, well, he's obviously going to lose his Nike contract. There's like light Nike's going to lose his contract. There's no, way he's going to sign with them. And people are speculating, should he sign with Adidas? And it's not, people didn't talk like that, you know? Um, right. Obviously he signs with Jordan, which is pretty cool. Uh, that's huge for the Jordan brand, but he's such a special talent and he's got a special, like him and Ingram are such a good, a special group together. And I think just like the fact that you're see- you're still seeing him grow, like he's not there defensively yet, but you see things no. when you watch him. You go, okay, if he puts athleticism there, like then yeah, Zion Williamson is going to be a really good defender in the NBA. He's not a great shooter yet, but you are seeing like he's not afraid to like take an open three when he gets it. Um, it's really fun. It's it's really cool when like a guy like that has that much hype and lives up to it. Um, yeah, he's exciting. You know, everyone wants to see him play. He's must see TV. He's the reason the Pelicans are on national television. So mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm loving it. I'm really stoked. I can't wait to see more. He's definitely in my top three in my jersey owning power rankings. As in, like, if you could buy uh, okay. a jersey for an NBA player, who would it be? He's up there. He's up there. Yeah. Okay. I I say this. I I it's it's crazy to think that he is not. I don't even think he scratched the surface offensively. Nope. Um, because his jump shot's going to develop. Uh, he's going to be able to work to that right hand more the longer he could be, and the longer he's in the league. Um, and like you said, Tim, defensively, he's going to become more of a defender, um, using that athleticism to be able to help to get stops, um, and then being able to do more offensively. I, it, it's going to be fun to watch him grow in the next three to five years to see how how dominant he can be because uh, he has that LeBron type athleticism 
Um, it's putting those other aspects of his game into that to see where he's going to go. So um, it's it's exciting to watch. It, it's cool to see uh, a guy like Zion um, use those uh, use his abilities and use things that he has. And he's only going to get better. I mean, he's he's. I mean, what he just turned twenty or something like that? <laughs> something something ridiculous. I mean, he can't even go by a hurricane down in uh, you know what I mean down in New Orleans. So I mean. That 2019 draft class is something special, man. It is. It is. And we talk about that all the time, how, you know, a lot of those guys are overlooked, but that class is, was really good. That class was really good. You know, it's funny that, that uh, Tim, you said he's the most hyped guy since LeBron. Um, you know, a lot of people question his, his weight. You know, he's just a solid kid. Like, he's... <laughs> He's, he's like a, a brick shit house, man. He's like a yeah, big, he is, he's just a big, he's a thick, thick kid. Thick I tell boy. you what, I tell you what, um, he's obviously not straight line speed faster than LeBron. He might be quicker with the basketball than LeBron is. Like I've watched him get to the basket a couple of times and I'm like, what in the world? Like to watch this man move to the basket as big as he is. And then like, he's got some legit bunnies. <laughs> like i mean he he can jump out of the gym and i don't know if new orleans says hey let's slim you down 15 or 20 pounds and like let you go to work or if they just leave him as is and just let him do what he does like he's gonna become a better shooter he's like you said tim he's gonna be a better defender he's gonna be a better decision maker as he gets older um i see him winning a couple mvps at some point I do too. Easy. Um, I see his his trajectory like Charles Barkley. Uh, Barkley, when he came in, was the round mount of rebound. He, you know, he all he could do is rebound and dunk. And then you watch him develop until the MVP was in '93, where he was hitting, you know, playoff game clinching shots over David Robinson and winning the MVP and scoring titles and be able to hit jump shots. I think Zion can get to that point. Um, if he puts the work in, if Zion starts being able to hit 20, you know, 18 to 20 foot jumpers consistently and can put you on the deck and, 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 and get to the rack. I mean, he's going to be unstoppable. Yeah. He's special, man. Nothing like him. Yeah, absolutely. Well, gentlemen, it's been a pleasure. Uh, it's, it's always fun when I get together with my shot caller boys, um, make sure guys, you guys are looking out. Uh, we're looking, I guess we're trying to get back to a little bit of regular recording. Uh, hopefully, like we said earlier, my man Sean's resting up, man. We hope he's getting better uh, yes, day sir. by day. Um, but we want to thank you guys for for tuning in. Make sure you download the podcast on Apple Podcasts. When you hit download, go ahead and hit subscribe. Um, and then go ahead and hit review. And then go ahead and hit five stars. All right, just go ahead and do that. All right, well, even <laughs> e- even now, just go ahead and click it now. When it when it pops up, when you see it, five star review it. All right, uh, we want to thank you guys. Uh, make sure you also check us out on Facebook and Twitter at Forty Eight Minutes NTWRK on all the socials, and we appreciate you guys joining in once again. And we look forward to catching you guys down the road. See you. Yes, sir.